Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about how do you create natural exposures to crush OCD. Uh, This actually was a topic that was given to me by a member in my AT Parenting Community membership, and I asked those parents, periodically I'll ask those parents, do you have any ideas for my podcast or my YouTube channel? And they get to pick and curate the content for us, and so that's pretty cool. And I do have a whole list now of ideas for this podcast and for my YouTube channel so that I can bring you pertinent information and topics. And this one was asked by a parent because I believe she said her child's not willing or able to do ERP right now. And so is there a way to maybe create natural exposures? And I think it's a great topic. I am going to talk today though about how to do natural exposures. Yes, for kids that are not ready to do ERP. So we'll talk about that aspect, but we're also going to talk about kids who are doing so well and don't really need structured exposures anymore and are ready to move into more of a natural relationship with their OCD, which is awesome. So it can be for both ends of the spectrum. But before we get started in all this conversation, I do want to thank NoCD for sponsoring this episode. NoCD offers affordable, effective, convenient therapy. They're available in the U.S. and outside of the U.S., And you can schedule your free 15-minute consultation to even just see if NoCD is a right fit for you and your child. You can go to treatmyocd.com. That's treatmyocd.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And I would say circle back with them if you haven't reached out in a while because they do get new clinicians all the time. And so they might have somebody in your area. All right, so let's get back to this topic. I was going off and I was like, wait a minute, we haven't even gotten this show started yet. (laughs) So... First, I just want to briefly say what ERP is. For those of you that are completely new and green to this, you're not going to understand natural exposures if you don't understand what formal exposures are. And so very briefly, ERP stands for Exposure with Response Prevention, which is a type of cognitive behavioral therapy and is really the go-to therapeutic approach for OCD. And it is systematically exposing the person to the trigger of of their OCD. So whatever they're afraid of or the discomfort and learning how to tolerate that distress. That's ERP in a nutshell. I'm not going to dive too deep into it. I do have a whole episode on ERP, which actually I did pretty recently. It's episode 305. So if you are interested in that, you can check that out. You can always go to my website at atparentingsurvival.com, scroll all the way to the bottom and you will find a search button and you can just type in the topic that you're interested in, and then you will be able to find it. And so, because I actually did episode 53 is what is ERP as well. And I have a YouTube video for kids on what ERP is. There's actually quite a few things. So if you go to my website at atparentingsurvival.com, go down to the bottom on the search button and just type in ERP, you'll get all those resources and get a little bit of a deeper dive on what all that is. But we're not talking about ERP today. We're talking about natural exposures, which to me is not ERP because ERP is systematic. It's done in more of an exercise way where we're going to be talking about how to do things in a kind of a reactive way. So kids can learn how to do natural exposures and it's going to help them in two ways. One, it's going to help the long-term sustainability. 
So if I learn how to have a relationship with my OCD and I learn how to notice when my OCD is showing up and create exposures on the go in the moment, I'm going to have really good skills to nip things in the butt. I'm going to be always proactively pulling out those metaphorical OCD weeds and staying on top of it. So it's really good long-term. The second thing is if your child is not ready to do structured ERP, they might be more open to doing these natural exposures. And that is the, the essence of why this person asked for me to do this topic to begin with. But I do feel like it does serve two purposes because when our kids are in maintenance mode, we want to teach natural exposures. And I feel like both my kids are kind of in a quasi maintenance mode. <laughs> I don't know why I said quasi because you just never know 100%. So it feels like, uh, do I want to call that maintenance? But we are actually doing a lot of natural exposures in my house these days. We're also doing structured exposures, but I'll kind of go through that. They're more natural than they are planned out these days. So the difference between a planned and a natural exposure is one is kind of like an exercise versus one is situational. So Like my daughter, we've been doing exposures at night because she wanted to earn this thing. And we'll talk about incentives in a second. They're really key. So she wanted this thing. And I said, you know what? If you can, you know, pay half of it, then I will buy it for you. So she was like, I want to do exposures every night. And so then we planned them. That's very ERP oriented, right? So I said, okay, but you have to tell me what you want to do and then we'll do it. And, And part of my, the method to my madness on that is, I'm teaching her not only to do exposures now, but I also want her to create and craft them because the goal ultimately is that our kids are going to learn how to do these things for themselves. I want my child at 20 or 25 or 30 to say, Ooh, I have a new OCD theme. How do I create an exposure for this? Let me come up with some ideas. I want them to be able to be skilled and our kids aren't going to be skilled if we don't teach them how to create these things themselves. So my kids are both at a point where I'll say, what exposure do you want to do? Give me some ideas. And then I'll see if I think that that's okay or not. Because ultimately I'm the one giving them the reward. And so I want to make sure that it sounds like a challenging enough exposure. So that that's a planned exercise. And so she came up with some things and we did them each night and she's earned her points. And then she got her Heelys which actually turned out to be a nightmare. She got them yesterday. And I'm like, why do people wear these shoes? I mean, I thought they were popular a long time ago. I'm surprised she wanted them, but she's got to learn how to balance before she can wear those heels because <laughs> those are a scary invention, but she's excited about them. So there is that she earned it. And that's, we want excitement around ERP. That's the name of the game. But when we're doing, you know, natural exposures, it's situational. And so it won't look like that. And I'm going to give you tons of examples of situational exposures after the break, when we kind of go into this a little bit further, I do want to say that I feel like, because I didn't come up with this topic, this topic was asked of me. I feel like it is really the difference between offense and defense. So if you've taken my, any of my OCD courses, so I have how to teach kids to crush OCD, or I have a kids and teen course directly crushing OCD for kids and teens in both of those courses, and actually I have an OCD workbook coming out in February, which I haven't really made a formal announcement, but I guess that's pretty formal for eight to 12 year olds. Very excited about that. Total side note, but if you want to get on the wait list for that book, because it is coming out and you'll be the first to know, I did create a wait list for that. What did I call it? It was natashadaniels.com slash OCD book. <laughs> 
I remembered. So you can get on the wait list if you're interested and you'll be the first to know when it comes out. And so there is that. But in that book and in my courses, I teach offense and defense. And so with defense, we are reacting to OCD. We are deciding what to do when OCD comes knocking and tells us we need to be doing or avoiding something. What do we do with that intrusive thought or feeling? With offense, which is ERP, we're not reacting to OCD. We're creating a situation to invite OCD to the table. Does that make sense? And so when my daughter and I craft an idea of something that's going to upset her OCD, we are coming up with the plan. We are triggering OCD on purpose. And then she is not doing what OCD wants her to do to get the brief relief. And so offense is really to meet ERP and defense is reactive. And I feel like both are equally important. And so when I looked at this topic for today, I was like, we're actually kind of talking about defense. And so if you've taken my course and I have an online school, atparentingsurvivalschool.com. If you've taken any of my courses around OCD, I talk about levels. And so level four is doing the opposite and it's defense. And so I feel like when we're talking about natural exposures, we're actually talking about a level four do the opposite defense. And if you have taken my course or you're in my membership community, you're like, you'll understand this language. If not, we'll kind of explain it where OCD is bothering you and then you are responding to it in some way. You're making that choice. And so you're responding by doing a level four, which is the highest defense level to do the opposite. So OCD says, don't touch that. So you touch it. OCD says, do this. So you don't do it. OCD says, don't do that. So you do do it. It's like, and there's not an opposite for everything. Although I'm pretty creative. So I could think of an opposite for most things, but that's what a level four is. And so I feel like when we're talking about natural exposures, we're really talking about a level four, do the opposite. So when the trigger is in the environment, we're teaching our kids to move towards it. So this can be more palatable for kids who are resistant to formal discussions about OCD and formal exercises and therapy around OCD to be able to do it in the moment. And I think it becomes really important to create an incentive program and have that structured already to be able to begin this. So the the first step in creating natural exposures is creating a behavior modification program. That is to me key. That is the bread and butter of exposures in general, moving the dial. And I know a lot of times people have a problem with like intrinsic versus external rewards and, you know, wanting our child to do it for themselves versus doing it for a carrot. And really to get the ball rolling, incentives are really key for most kids. You might get some resistance if they have some moral OCD or they're just really resistant to, they're so scared about doing an exposure. But in general, I have seen kids who have not made progress with a ton of other therapists and all I did was offer an incentive program and then boom, we're starting to get traction. We're not going to go into how to create effective incentives today because we can't cover everything, but I am going to look it up for you so I can tell you what episode that is. So I'm just going to my website. And typing in incentives at AT Parenting Survival. And then it's episode 123, developing good incentives to get kids to work on anxiety or OCD. So if you go to my website, you can actually listen to the podcast episode on my website. Sometimes that's probably the easiest because you I don't know, it depends on where you're listening to things, whether you can search for topics as easily as you can if you just go to my website. So 
learn how to create an effective incentive program. That is key. So in my house, we have an ongoing incentive program where I use privilege app. You can use any chore app. You can use an exposure app. There's lots of them being created. When I use privilege app, which I think I use it on Apple. I don't know if there is one for Android. You can literally use pen and paper. You can find just a general chore app. It doesn't matter. But for me, it's very convenient that I can put in the the chore is actually the task. So that can be a brave exposure, an eating exposure, social anxiety exposure. That's like what our menu currently looks like. It's very broad, not very specific. But when we first started, we put very specific things like, you know, like ate something that OCD said not to eat or touch something OCD said not to touch or went to the bathroom only once per hour because my daughter had sensory motor OCD. So you can put specific things in there. And then there is the rewards on the other side. And ours have gotten very general. It'll be like five points and they can trade in their points for dollars because they're older now. And so we've made it very simple. But in the beginning, it was very concrete. It'd be like, you get an LOL doll, you know, for five points, for 10 points, you can get this for 15 points, you can get this. So if you're interested in this and you haven't set something up yet, listen to the episode about how to set up an incentive plan. We're not going to go into that today. But when you have that there already, then natural exposures become easier. Because after the break, I'm going to give you a ton of examples of how you would do a natural exposure when OCD comes knocking and how to incentivize your kids to do an exposure in that moment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's time we put help directly in our kids' hands. Introducing Crushing OCD Course for Kids and Teens. It was way more helpful than all the other therapy we've ever done because we didn't really know what to do. So we weren't really doing it before. So the course helped to figure out what the exposures are and how to do them. We're not in therapy and find it really hard um, to find an ERP trained therapist here. Um, So we're currently with like the public health service, but again, they don't seem to be trained in ERP. It's filled that gap that we don't have that was desperately needed. This was really well timed for us to use between therapists and to help us like start get off to a good start with this new practice. It was easy to use. Um, I was able to do it from my phone or also on the computer. There's different ages, you know, so there were younger kids, there were teenagers. And um, so that was really nice too, to have a variety of ages where it wasn't just geared towards younger kids or older kids. It was a nice variety. It's helpful for our kids to hear it from this like third party as opposed to just us saying it. I really like the offense and defense method. I love working on poking at OCD while it's sleeping. It makes it a little bit easier to do and it's kind of fun. (laughs) I'm planning on using it to work on my uh, fear of like holding or touching batteries and stuff like that. So it was really helpful and I think a lot of other kids would like it. I thought that I was like the only one who had worrying about the weather and stuff. And then there was somebody else on there who worried about the same thing, which was really helpful. Seems less scary to work on stuff now that I've watched this class and I'm more interested to work on it. I like trying to do more exposures still and going to, before I wasn't, I just didn't want to do them. I've worked on some of my bigger compulsions and been successful. I realized it was helpful to do like the exposures before it was like really, really hard. It's still hard, but it's helpful to know that I need to do them. Before there would be a lot of battles about it. So it is definitely less loggerheads 
really, really good course and super helpful. Definitely would recommend this. It's really easy to follow. It's in nice bite-sized videos. I really like the worksheets that go along with it, and I think it's really helpful. To learn more about this course and register your child or teen, go to atparentingsurvivalschool.com. All right, welcome back. So we're going to give, I'm going to give you some examples. We, (laughs) me and myself are going to give you examples on some things that could be natural exposures. Now, I mean, it's semantics, whether you want to call this an exposure or not. I mean, it's not ERP in my, I mean, I don't know if it even matters. They're all powerful. Doing something that OC doesn't want to do, no matter what, is powerful. And so that's always a really good thing. When I am doing ERP though, I guess a lot of times I'm hitting the core fear. And so that is the difference. Sometimes it's if I'm doing an exposure, let's say, I just want to say this before I give you examples, because this just came to me. Let's say someone has moral OCD and they're worried about being a bad person. And some of their intrusive thoughts are like, did I say a bad word? Or did I gossip today? So maybe their compulsion is to check all of their friends' chats, you know, online to make sure that no one's saying that they accidentally said something bad about someone else. So the compulsion is checking, like checking social media or checking their texts or whatever, group chat. And the intrusive thought is, did I gossip about someone? But the core fear is I don't want to be a bad person. And the core, core fear could be, I don't disappoint God. You know, God would see it as bad. If I disappoint God, maybe I won't get to heaven. Maybe I'm going to go to hell. And so the core, 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 core fear is maybe not going to heaven. So, I mean, you can go way down this rabbit hole. So when I'm doing maybe an exposure, it might be an an imaginal script or a story about how they were gossiping and then how God was disappointed and that they're a bad person. It would be hitting their core fear to get them to be able to sit with the discomfort of that idea without doing something surfaced. And so it's really hitting the core fear. Or like if someone had a metaphobia, the fear of throwing up, we might do an exposure. Let's say their core fear is, it's embarrassing. People are going to stare at me. Well, then an exposure might be, let's walk around with a barf bag, you know, and pretend like you're about to throw up. Well, that would be a great social anxiety slash emetophobia exposure if the core fear is, I don't want people to look at me. I mean, that'd be a hard one. <laughs> you know, Speaking as someone who has a metaphobia and social anxiety, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a hard one. But those are exposures that are that are hitting the core fear versus watching, I don't know what I was about to say, but you get the point. So when we're talking about these, these are not core fears. These are tackling symptoms. You know, I get an intrusive thought in the moment and can I not scratch the itch? So let me give you some concrete examples. The other day I was at the cable store because I was like, my Wi-Fi needs to be solid and it was not solid. So I was trying to get their latest and greatest modem and I thought I'd be there for a while. And why did I bring both my kids with me? I have no idea. (laughs) Why did I bring my son with me? We must've been doing something fun afterwards because he never wants to come run errands. But I did say, you know, since my husband died, they both have phones because it's just me. And so if I can't pick them up at school or something happens to me, they'll just be sitting there forever. And it really scares me. So they both have phones. So I said, both of you bring your phones so that when you're sitting there, because you could be there for hours, you never know at these places, you'll be entertained. So we go in and I get my number or whatever, and I have to sit down waiting. And my daughter pulls out her phone, no problem. And my son isn't pulling out his phone. I go, get, get your phone. So you're not bored. No. And then I realized, oh my gosh. So he has 
this duo of social anxiety and moral OCD. So he has social anxiety, which is like the fear of rejection or criticism or, you know, feeling like you're not enough. The moral OCD component tells him that he's a brat. And so any t- he is not, his OCD says you cannot have electronics out in public. So he can't have iPad or phone at the airport or anywhere we are to kill time because then he's being bratty, spoiled, entitled. Like that, those are his words. That's his core fear. And it becomes a problem. Like if I got him like a special Starbucks, you know, he won't walk around with it because he feels like that's an entitled behavior. So it really limits him. So in that moment, it was clear that his OCD was triggered. It's predominantly OCD because it's like so irrational. It's like a smush of both. But anyway, it was triggered. So could I then encourage, entice him to do the opposite of what his OCD slash anxiety wanted to do? So in the moment, what his OCD anxiety wanted him to do is do not get out the phone. Avoid, right? Avoid can be a compulsion. And avoid is always the fool, the fuel, the fool and the fuel for anxiety. That was the Freudian slip. So I said to him, here, just take my phone. No, I'm not going to do it. And so I said, you know, this is your OCD. And he goes, I know, and I don't want to do it. And so I said, this is where the deal-making comes in. So if you're going to do natural exposures, you might for a while feel like a used car salesman. Um, I certainly do in my house. And so I said, if you do it, you can get five points. And if it's not walking off a cliff, he will normally take the offer. And so he said, fine. And he gets his phone out. And then like within two minutes, he's immersed in his phone and playing a game and not concerned at all. And that builds his muscle because he learns that he can handle discomfort, that he did it and he was able to tolerate it. And the world continued to circle around and around. And so those are really effective. And we do that a lot with him. So that would be a natural exposure because one, I noticed that he was having a hard time. Two, we labeled it as his OCD. Three, I was able to incentivize and present him with an offer. And four, he was able to accept the offer and do it. So that's really the component. Those are really the ingredients to doing a natural exposure is noticing it and then calling it out, right? We want to identify that. Sometimes we don't have to do that part. If it angers them or they're getting upset, you can skip that because sometimes kids want to argue, that's not my OCD. And that's fine. You don't have to argue with them. Then you move into the offer of you can earn blah, blah, blah. And even if they're resistant to it being called OCD, you can just say, it doesn't matter if it's not your OCD. If you can do this, then you can earn five points or you can earn whatever is your you know, incentive plan. And then sometimes it goes back and forth. You know, If they're not completely okay with what you offered, they might say, no, that's too hard. And if I really want to incentivize my child and I really want them to do it, or they really have to do it, you know, like blood work or something else, I might say, okay, look, I'll give you six points, but that's a lot. You know, sometimes I'll go back and forth or they'll say, I'll do it for 10. I'm like, whoa, 10's a lot, but you know what? Okay. I get that it's hard. How about seven? So you can go back and forth and negotiate and it gives them a sense of agency, a sense of empowerment. Like I, I'm doing this um, and I'm committing to it and I'm negotiating for myself how much incentive I'm going to get, you know, and then they own it. They own it because they're the one that chooses to accept the offer. You're not forcing it on them. And maybe they got more. They feel like they got one over on you, which is an okay thing for our kids to think because it gets them motivated and willing to do things that are hard. Let me give you some other examples of this. Before I move into examples, let me just talk about the ingredients that are needed for natural exposure. 
Because if you're missing some of these ingredients, it may not work. The first one is your child needing to understand the importance of not listening to OCD. If they don't get why they're doing these things, you might be missing a lot of the oomph that you're going to need to have. I want kids to understand why this is effective. Why is it helpful that you don't scratch the itch when OCD comes knocking? And they get that knowledge through videos or books or conversations or therapy or you know my courses. Like getting them to understand what is going on with the neural pathways. You know, I talk to kids about disrupting those neural pathways. When you disrupt those neural pathways by delaying, ignoring, or doing the opposite of what OCD wants, you are disrupting the strength of OCD physiologically. And so is it going to feel great when you're doing it? No. Is it going to reduce your intrusive thoughts? No, probably not for a very long time. But is it going to help you learn how to handle the discomfort? Yes. And hopefully over time, the intrusive thoughts diminish, but that's not the end goal. The end goal is actually to to build your resilience and to be able to handle the discomfort because you you can still have those thoughts or feelings, but they don't have any pow to them. You know, you might have a thought of, oh, I don't want to pull out my phone. And then you think, well, whatever, I'm still going to do it. And so it's still there. You're still able to do it. And, And that is the goal. So having them understand the importance of why it's therapeutically effective for them not to listen to OCD is is key. The second part, which I've been talking about this whole time, is incentives. A good incentive plan is key to to negotiate and to offer. It's very rare that I see a, a child willing to just do something that OCD doesn't want them to do because they just want to do it. Over time, that can help, but over time that can happen. I mean, my I feel like my kids are kind of more in automatic mode where they will do exposures and they'll tell me about things that are natural. They will do like level four opposite. And then they'll let me know that they did that. Like my daughter will often say, I'm having OCD right now. I just hate the way she says that. Why do you say it like that? I'm having OCD right now. Um, she'll let me know that she's resisting going to the bathroom and she's having OCD. Or my son will say that was really hard for me to eat, but I ate it anyway. Normally he's like asking for points after the fact, which I don't often give because it has to be a planned thing. but. The awareness that they don't want to feed their OCD because they don't want to have OCD is starting to take hold. And that is the ultimate goal. So that's the second ingredient. The third one is they have to have the willingness to to have you offer challenges. And so how are they going to respond in the moment when you say, if you do that, I know this is hard for you, but if you do this, I'll give you five points. Are they going to respond with anger because they don't want you to even talk about doing any challenges or exposures? Or are they willing for you to, in the moment, maybe present them with offers? And sometimes they're going to say no, and sometimes they're going to say yes. So if they're going to get angry and ballistic, you're probably not there yet. It's probably not going to work out. If they're okay with that, or even if you sit down and you say, from now on, you know, we have created this incentive program. And what are some things you want to earn? You know, and you get them excited about it. That's the first thing I would do with kids in my practice is I would get them excited. And I would say, what things do you want to earn? And they would be very confused because they're just showing up for their first session in therapy and they're like, what? And I'm like, tell me the stuff that you love. Tell me what you're interested in. Let me tap into that. And we would put incentives for all sorts of interesting things. I had one time a girl earned a green screen for her YouTube channel. Somebody wanted like a karaoke machine. I've had kids want like an Xbox, like a controller, all sorts of interesting things um, to get them incentivized to say, not that I'm going to bribe you to do therapy, but I recognize this is hard. And I recognize that 
it's exhausting having OCD and it comes knocking all the time and it's not fun. And so if we can sprinkle a little bit of fun in this for you to do brave things and maybe add a little bit of excitement to it, let's do it because life doesn't have to be all about rain. There are rainbows as well. And so how do we sprinkle in a little bit of fun into this? That's the mentality that I'm trying to get. So having a conversation and saying to your child, let's create an incentive plan. And if you're okay with this, when I see that maybe OCD is is knocking, I can offer you an incentive and you can decide whether you want to take it or not, right? I can say, do you want to take this, this challenge? And you can say challenge accepted or challenge declined. It'll be up to you. So that's, that is the first aspect of that. And then the second part of that is, can they come up with their own challenges? So when you have things that they're really wanting to earn, I have found that my kids will come up with their own natural exposures because anything that they want, but don't need, they have to earn. And the only way they can earn it in my house is through exposures. So they can't do extra chores. They can't clean the house. They can't pick up my dog poop. They can't do anything and earn points. The only method to earning points is through exposures. And I do that on purpose because I don't want them gaming the system. I want the only way they can earn anything that they ever want is whether it's a birthday or Christmas, they can get it. Or if they want to earn it more in the moment, then they have to do an exposure. And because both my kids living at home have anxiety and OCD, that is the most important thing to me. They do chores because we all do chores and we all pitch in. If you want me to make dinner, then you do the dishes. Like that's our deal. We're a team. But if you want to earn something, it's going to be through exposures. And because of that, they are often asking me to do exposures. <laughs> because even if you have a child where you're like, I don't think they really need anything, it might be because you're giving them everything. So my daughter wanted Heelys. Well, they are sneakers, but she already had sneakers. So it's like, it's not really a need. It's a want because you already have sneakers that are, they look fine. We're not really at the point yet where you need new sneakers. And so I say, well, you know, I always say, we'll see what Santa brings. We'll see what Santa brings. And that annoys them because they're like, that's like forever away in a kid's mind. And then I'll be like, well, you can earn it, but this is how many points it would be. And then they're very open to hearing when I offer them a challenge because they're trying to earn points at that time. And so something we want that willingness. All right. So let's talk about how this would look in real the real world. Let's say that your child has a metaphobia, the fear of throw up, and you are walking around a grocery store and there is a yellow hazard sign out by the bathroom and your daughter would have to pass that to go in. I'm just making this up, but just trying to give you an idea. And they don't want to pass it because they think maybe it's there because someone had thrown up and they're going to mop it, right? And so OCD is knocking and saying, you can't go in that whole area because that whole area is exposed and is contaminated. And so you might notice this and say, Let's let's just pretend that you call OCD Mr. O. You might say, I noticed that Mr. O is not allowing you to go to the bathroom because you think that someone may or may not have thrown up over there. I'm like, yeah. And you're like, well, how about if you can earn four points if you go there anyway? And then they might say, no, I don't really want to. And I go, I know it's really hard. This is how I talk to my kids. I'll say, like, I know it's really hard. If you give in to Mr. O and then Mr. O wins, you know, and I know that you can be brave. I've seen you do it before. And the the more you don't listen to Mr. O, the more powerful you get. But it's up to you. Ultimately, it's up to you. But you could get four points if you went there. And I know you really have to go to the bathroom. So I'm selling it. 
I'm not going to push it. If they're like, no, I don't want to. And they're, they're starting to escalate. I'm not going to push it, but I sell it. And so, um, that's an example, right? It's not an exposure where I purposely put out the yellow sign and we're creating the situation, but it's an opportunity. An opportunity has presented itself. And so she was just avoiding. So that's an example. Let's say you have a child with moral OCD and you are at a restaurant and they have a compulsion that says, I cannot look at anyone who's drinking alcohol. I had someone who had that in my practice a long time ago. And so let's say that you're sitting down at the table and you're child says, can we switch seats? Because that guy over there is drinking a beer and it's making my OCD really uncomfortable. Then I might say, if let's pretend it's my kid, I would say, well, I can switch seats with you. But if I did that, what do you think I'd be doing? (laughs) This is how I talk to my kids all the time. And I'm sure I'm the most annoying parent on the planet. But then I normally my kids will say, because they're educated on this, I'll be growing my OCD. I'm like, yeah, you would. And I really don't want you to grow your OCD. So yeah, I can switch seats with you, right? Because I never want to say I won't, right? I can switch seats with you. But I wonder if you can still sit there, you can earn five points. And I'm just using five points because that's kind of our baseline at my house for like a regular exposure. But I offer that. And then let's say, let's just add a little spice to this example. Let's say your child goes, mom, I just can't do it. I won't be able to eat. And I'm really, really feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, because... A lot of times with kids with moral OCD, if they think that they see someone drinking beer, then they think it's like contagious. Like then it's like they're drinking beer and they're a bad person. Um, It doesn't have to make sense. OCD is irrational. So let's say you can tell this is a bridge too far. There's no way my kid's going to do this. We want to win. And I don't mean like we as a parent want to win. We want a win for our child. We want them to feel a successful thing. The last thing I ever want is an offer to just be like, declined and left on the table and the child feels bad. I want, if at all possible, and it's not always possible, but if, if at all possible, I want them to feel success. And so I'm looking for that sweet spot of, can I counter offer? <laughs> you know? And so I might say, okay, I get that it's really hard for you and that might be really too challenging for you. But how about this? What if you switch spots with your sister and so you're still facing the guy drinking beer but you're a little bit out of his eye, eyesight and you can earn two points. Okay, I can do that, right? Or if they say no, then game over, right? That's okay. They're not, you're not going to win at all. But I think giving them that option. So yeah, it's still an accommodation in the sense that then they swap seats with the sister, but they still feel successful because they are still not fully giving what OCD wants. And you can even say later, you know, that was really great that you were able to handle that discomfort and didn't switch seats completely where you made OCD still have to like be, you know, in the same direction as that guy. That was awesome. I love how brave you were. So now some kids don't like praise. And if they don't like praise, then don't, don't circle back and say those things. But some kids do. And I think it is helpful. I know my kids eat that up. They love when I kind of circle back and say like, that was really great of you to do blah, blah, blah. Or you should be so proud of yourself for doing this. That could be really helpful. Okay. I have some more examples because I just wanted to give you a whole bunch of examples to get this solidified in your head. This one happens all the time at my house. My son has ARFID, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, where his OCD gives him all sorts of reasons why he can't eat to the point where it's very restrictive. And it can be all sorts of stuff. But let's say I see him eating. He was hungry. This happens all the time. He's hungry. He asked me to make something. I put it down and then he'll say, I'm sorry, I can't. And whenever he says that, I know, oh, it's an OCD thing. 
I'm sorry, I just can't. And I'll say, sometimes I do get angry, to be honest with you. But when I am channeling my inner, inner calm self, I'll say, um, what is OCD saying about it? And I'll say, oh, well, OCD is saying that it looks like throw up, you know, and I, w- I really wanted it, but oh, I look at it. I just can't, I just can't. It looks, I just can't do it. So then in that moment, I might say, well, if you don't eat it, what do you think is going to happen to OCD? I know it's going to grow bigger, but he normally gets combative at that point. He'll get angry. And so I'll say, if you can't eat it, could you eat one spoonful of it to show OCD that he does not get the last bite? That's an expression that we use at my house sometimes. I'll say, don't let OCD have the last bite. You always get the last bite, which means even when OCD says don't eat it, can you at least take one bite of it so that you get the last bite? And so sometimes I'll be like, I don't know if I can. And I'll say, how about a teaspoon for five points? And so I'll see, I can look at his eyes and I can tell if it's too far gone, I won't even offer it because I don't want him to feel like a failure. So if I can tell, and if you can tell that your child is absolutely not going to do it, don't even offer an exposure because you're just going to make them feel like a failure. But sometimes they might surprise you. So you might want to lob out at least one offer. And then you can negotiate, right? And you can say, well, not a, not a large spoon. How about a teaspoon? Or how about just like a little, you know, dip in the fork, right? Just to show OCD that, that you're boss and earn four points. So we do that a lot at my house. Sometimes he is like more brazen and he'll be like, I can have a, I'll have a, you know, half a bowl of it. And I'm like, no, you don't have to have a half a bowl. Just have one teaspoon. And if you feel like you could do more, you can get more points, but just one teaspoon because more often than not, he actually can't do it. And I want to set him up for success. So that's another example. Let's, let's do a couple more. I have two more examples. Let's say your child was uh, at the park and they sat on a bench and then they noticed that there was bird poop next to them. And then all of a sudden, all of their clothes are contaminated and they come home and they're like, all my clothes are contaminated. I need to change all of them. And then you can say, I'm sorry that your OCD is making it hard for you. And I I know your OCD doesn't care, but you weren't sitting on the bird poop where you were sitting was perfectly clear, but I know OCD doesn't care about facts. But if you change your clothes, what do you think you're doing for OCD? You know, you're giving OCD a high five. You're like, thanks for keeping me safe, OCD, even though I absolutely didn't need to do this. So I wonder if you can keep your clothes on and not wash them, could you earn blah, 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 right? So again, it's a situation that was triggered. You're not creating this. Now, if we went out and we sought out a bench that had bird poop and we purposely sat next to it and we purposely said, now you're not going to wash your clothes, that's an exposure. We're like seeking it out. But a natural situation, what I would call more defense level four ignore, is now can I incentivize you to not change your clothes? And then let's say they're like, I can't do it, mom. I just can't do it. And you're like, okay, well, how about could you do it for 15 minutes? Could you walk around the house, you know, and, and have those clothes on, sit on your bed, you know, sit other places. Maybe that's too much. Or could you just have the clothes on for 15 minutes and earn blah, blah, blah. So again, a natural situation where you're able to present them with an exposure. Let's say you have a child, this is my final example, who finds ketchup disgusting and it's a disgust theme. And anytime they're near ketchup, they freak out and they want to avoid the kitchen and somebody's sitting there having a hot dog and they're pouring ketchup on and they want to leave the room. Maybe they run out of the room. Then maybe you say, I noticed that your OCD made you want to avoid the ketchup. And I wonder, I know this would be really brave, but I wonder if you can go back into the kitchen, you can go to the farthest part of the kitchen. That's okay. 
if you could just stand there for 30 seconds and then come back out. And you can earn two points for that, right? Again, we're the crafters of the negotiation. (laughs) We are offering them an option. It loses a little bit of its teeth when you don't have incentives that they're really excited about. That's why that is really a big part of it is offering some sort of incentives. And so listen to that other episode where I talk about how to craft incentives because sometimes it's not incentives. Sometimes it might be a privilege or an experience depending on your child, but getting them excited and motivated makes them much more open to accepting these exposure challenges in the moment. My kids are are quick to accept them when they are trying to work on something, when they're trying to earn something. And it has come, not so much my son lately, but periodically he wants money for Roblox. (laughs) And my daughter's all like lately always wanting slime. She's always wanting, like, I will not buy her anything that she hasn't gotten points for. And so she has been asking me quite a lot lately to do exposures. And it's brought up some things that I didn't even realize were OCD. That's, that is the other benefit of doing this is when you do it, your kids will be much more forthcoming if they're motivated and incentivized to let you know what situations are OCD related that you didn't even know about because they know this is an opportunity. Like I'm having a trigger right now. This is an opportunity. And you may not even have been cognizant of the fact that your child was struggling with OCD in that area. Now, sometimes kids will be kids and they will exploit or take advantage of the incentive program, but that's why you have to approve of it and you know, be able to fully understand your child and be able to say, do they look distressed or is this upsetting or does this fit in their OCD themes? More often than not, I will say it's okay. And I will let my kids do those exposures because I'm excited that they're even thinking in those terms. So if they get one or two things over me that weren't as challenging as they were making it out to be, I'm okay with that because they are thinking in therapy terms. And even if it wasn't as challenging for them as they were making it out, the fact that they were playing this cycle of this is what we do, we face hard things, I want them to get that rhythm. And so I am okay with that. Um, I can tell when my kids are stressed and I can tell when it's in their theme. And more often than not, I would say almost always it is, they're not exaggerating and it is stressful, but my daughter has been doing exposure for the last four days and I don't think it overwhelms her at all anymore. And so she's going to ask to do that again tonight. And I will tell her no, because I'm going to tell her actually, I think that you have shown that you are able to handle this discomfort. And I think that we can kind of sprinkle this discomfort naturally in your life just to keep OCD away now. But I don't think this should be one that you're going to earn points for. So what I'm doing there is I'm actually keeping it up, but taking the incentive away and saying, think of something new now, because we want to keep that success. And then we want to move on to something that's more challenging. We don't want to keep doing the same things that are not as challenging anymore. So I hope that you found this helpful. I hope that you find my podcast helpful in general. Don't forget to hit a star on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, wherever you consume your podcasts. And if you have a few extra seconds, don't forget to leave a review. I greatly appreciate that. I was actually looking back and I was like, I haven't had a new review in forever. I feel like the last one was like in July. So if you've been listening to my episodes for a while and you haven't written a review, please feel free to do so. So I can read one and thank you for it to show my gratitude. Can't show my gratitude if I don't see any that are new. So I hope that you find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. 
Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com. 